Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm Natasha Smith coming to you from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and we'd love to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. On today's program, the Southern Baptist Convention could end up spending up to $4 million to deal with clergy sex abuse issues, and Grove City College is dealing with controversies related to wokeness and critical race theory. We begin today with the story of a church that has paid $8.3 million for a Tampa, Florida area estate. Yeah, the home formerly belonged to Tampa Bay Buccaneers co-owner Darcy Glazer Kazowitz and her husband, according to a deed filed in Hillsborough County. The church that bought it is the Kingdom of God Global Church. They secured a $4.9 million mortgage to purchase the, and get this, Natasha, 28000 square foot home plus a 2,600 square foot guest house in a Tampa suburb. That's according to the Tampa Bay Business Journal. The church's address is listed on the mortgage, though, as Chesterfield, Missouri. The residence was sold in March, but is just now becoming known to the public. Kingdom of God, it's based in the Detroit suburb of Taylor, Michigan, is led by Pastor David E. Taylor, who is also the head of Joshua Media Ministries International, described as a global outreach movement committed to establishing God's kingdom through the proclamation and demonstration of the gospel. Yeah, now those two organizations, the church itself plus Joshua Media Ministries are just two of many corporations that we've been unable to uncover in our work kind of looking into this organization. Taylor also leads a daily broadcast called Miracles Today, which the ministry says is broadcast to more than 190 countries to minister, again, what it calls healing, delivering, saving, and resurrecting power of Jesus to millions of souls throughout the globe. But a lot of questions have arisen about this church. Well, they sure have, uh, along with products from books and worship CDs, T-shirts, beverage cups, all kinds of swag. The church offers dream interpretation by David Taylor himself through its website and a 24-hour dream interpretation line. He has also written a book describing what he calls face-to-face visitations from Jesus, claiming that he can teach readers how to experience the same thing. And this isn't the first time that Taylor and his church has been in the news. Yeah, in 2019, uh, a local Detroit area newspaper called the News Herald uh, printed an expose in which former church members said that Taylor ran Joshua Media Ministries International as a, and this is their words, a slave labor cult using intimidation, manipulation, and greed. And by the way, Natasha, I should say to you and to our readers, stay tuned for more on this story because um, even though this story is just popping up on our radar screen because of the sale of that house in Florida, we've been doing a lot more research and we're going to have other stories in the weeks ahead. Our next story involves megachurch head pastor Stovall Weems. He has resigned from Celebration Church in Jacksonville, Florida, as he continues to pursue a lawsuit against the church. 
Yeah, he's alleging that he was illegally suspended from his position by the church's governing board earlier this year. Uh, Weems said in a letter posted on Instagram, and by the way, it's a letter that he has since taken down, that he would resign from his roles as senior pastor, president, and CEO, chair, and member of the board of trustees, as well as the registered agent for Celebration. Weems was suspended amid allegations that he and his wife, Carrie, had made unauthorized financial transactions, including selling a residence to the church at a substantial profit, taking salary advancements, and um, transferring funds to for-profit businesses that they managed. Yeah, the Weems uh, have in turn filed a lawsuit alleging that trustee Kevin Cormier had fed the church lies and misinformation about them to deflect attention from himself. And the Weems say that Cormier was charging tens of thousands of dollars for rent and renovations to church property and had padded invoices. Uh, Cormier had been a contractor to the church. Weems had previously used his pastoral powers to remove Cormier from the board of the church. So there's a lot of allegations being traded back and forth. What happens now? Yeah, an outside law firm was hired by the church to conduct an independent investigation, and that study became public this week. And it seems to confirm many of the accusations against Stovall Weems. Weems, though, said the report was a fabrication, and he maintains that he is the wronged party. So despite this independent report, by the way, by a reputable uh, law firm that operates uh, throughout the southeastern United States, uh, many of the elders released a statement that suggested Ween's activities and the subsequent lawsuit and investigation and related activities have left the church on the verge of insolvency. Let's look at one more story before the break. The investigation of alleged mishandling of sexual abuse has cost the Southern Baptist Convention more than $1.7 million so far, a number that exceeds the original estimate made last fall. Yeah, the SBC, which is the nation's largest Protestant denomination, has struggled to respond to sexual abuse allegations within the church. And a 2019 investigation by the Houston Chronicle reported hundreds of abuse cases in Southern Baptist churches that were spanning decades. In response, SBC leaders held a service of lament and launched a new denominational program to care for abuse survivors. Yeah, the denomination also set up a system to cut ties with any church that fails to take abuse seriously, prompting it to oust two churches that had abusers on staff. Now, the SBC back in October of 2021, so what is that, about six or seven months ago, uh, contracted with international consulting firm Guidepost Solutions to conduct an investigation into the allegations. They estimated at that time that it would cost between $1.3 and $1.3 million, with perhaps an additional $500,000 in legal fees. So in total, somewhere around $2 million, maybe a little less. But at a February meeting, members unanimously voted to increase the budget to $2 million with another $2 million for legal fees. Yeah, that's obviously a significant increase from the original estimate, and it's causing some concern with the SBC. But SBC President Ed Litton said this, this process has been difficult and costly, 
but these obstacles do not compare to the devastation and pain wrought by sexual abuse. Uh, Ed Litton went on to express gratitude to the denomination for supporting this process, uh, that support even including these additional funds. Now, Guidepost's report is expected to be released prior to the SBC's 2022 annual meeting, which will take place in just a couple of months in June in Anaheim, California. Warren, we need to take a break. When we return, Grove City College deals with the critical race theory and accusations of wokeness. I'm Natasha Smith, along with my co-host Warren Smith. We'll be back after the short break. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Smith, along with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Our next story involves one of the nation's premier Christian colleges. Yeah, Grove City College in northwestern Pennsylvania insists that it is not going woke. A new report from the conservative Christian College in Pennsylvania denounced school-sponsored courses and training they say promoted critical race theory concepts. They also characterized inviting historian Jamar Tisby to speak at a 2020 chapel service as a mistake. The report insists that Grove City remains a Christ-centered conservative institution. Yeah, the report, a product of the committee's assignment to ascertain any mission drift at the college, recommends re-adding the word conservative to the school's mission statement after it was removed in 2021 and list remedial actions to curb the promotion of critical race theory at the school. These actions include replacing an education course accused of promoting what they call pop CRT, rebranding the school's Office of Multicultural Education and Initiatives, and exercising increased scrutiny of guest speakers and student training. Our next story is the latest chapter in the long-running property dispute between conservative former Episcopal churches who have left that increasingly liberal denomination. Yeah, the South Carolina Supreme Court ruled uh, in the past week that 14 parishes that left the Episcopal Church in 2012 to join the Anglican Church in North America must return their property to the Episcopal Church. The parishes had left the denomination over its acceptance of gay marriage and its policy that allowed the ordination of gay clergy. Uh, The court ruled April 20th that the church had agreed to an Episcopal Church tenant that places all parish properties into a trust belonging to the national church. The court also found that 15 of the total 29 parishes that left did not agree to such a trust and will retain title to their real estate. 
Yeah, the Episcopal Diocese of South Carolina was one of the nine original dioceses of the Episcopal Church when in America when it was formed in 1785. So this is kind of a big deal, the fact that 15 churches can retain their properties and 14 have to let them go is in some ways many observers say like splitting the baby and is sure to cause a lot of grief on both sides. Now, Warren, our next story is one of the stranger stories we've done in a while. Yeah, it is, at least on the surface, but its outcome could have significant implications. So what are the facts? Well, the facts are these. The Satanic Temple, and yes, you heard me right, the Satanic Temple has filed a lawsuit, a civil lawsuit, against a Pennsylvania elementary school after the school turned down a request to form an after-school Satan Club. The proposed club, which would have been at Northern Elementary School in York, Pennsylvania, was voted down 8-1 to at an April 19th school board meeting. But Matthew Kezhaya, the general counsel for the Satanic Temple, said that the purpose of the suit is to determine whether the school board discriminated against the temple by allowing other after-school clubs to exist and to operate, but not the Satan Club. Uh, Keshaya said that the decision violates the First Amendment and its right to equal access to government property. The Satanic Temple's website calls the After School Satan Club a program that promotes self-directed education by supporting the intellectual and creative interests of students. Officials at the Pennsylvania School reportedly said not using the word Satan in its name would improve the chances of the club being allowed. Yeah, you would certainly think that that might be so. Um, But either way, some experts are saying that this case is worth following because if the club is banned, it would open the door to reevaluating all sorts of other clubs, especially religious-based clubs on campus. And if it is allowed, well, that just means that you could end up with an after-school Satan club at a school near you very soon. So, Either outcome is not really great and bears some attention. The temple currently, the Satan temple, temple currently operates four similar clubs in schools around the country. Warren, we're going to take another quick break, but when we return, our weekly lightning round of ministry news. I'm Natasha Smith with my co-host Warren Smith. More in a moment. Hello everyone, I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Smith with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. We like to use this last segment as a sort of lightning round of shorter news briefs. What do you have first? 
Well, uh, first, a notable passing, Adele, known as Dee Dee Robertson, the wife of Christian Broadcasting Network founder and 700 Club host Pat Robertson, she'd also add former presidential candidate, died at her Virginia Beach home on April 19th. She was 94 years old. She is survived by her 92-year-old husband, Pat Robertson, and four children, as well as 14 grandchildren and 23 great-grandchildren. Funeral services were held on April 25th at Regent University, uh, also in Virginia Beach. She and Pat Robertson, by the way, had been married for 68 years. What ministries did Christina Darnell spotlight in her Ministries Making a Difference column this week? Yeah, we had sort of a full slate this week. First up is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. They presented their 20th annual John Lotz Barnabas Award to Greg Tonegal, who's the basketball coach for Indiana Wesleyan University. The award was created to honor a basketball coach who exemplifies commitment, integrity, and encouragement. And Spring Valley Community Church in California has set up a Ukrainian refugee hub in the church to provide a place for refugees to stay for hours or even days until they are moved to their final settlement location somewhere else in the United States. Refugees can eat, shower, do laundry, rest. So far, Spring Valley Church, this one church, has sheltered and fed more than 375 refugees with the help of about 150 volunteers in the region. And I wanted to also mention the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team. They've deployed a team of crisis-trained chaplains uh, to, to work alongside Samaritan's Purse in central New Mexico after a massive wildfire has spread throughout that area. The chaplains will provide emotional and spiritual care for those affected by the fire. And I should add that these fires were very large, over 50,000 acres. Several towns were evacuated. And this is April. The fire season is just getting started. Do you have any final thoughts before we go? Yeah, a couple of housekeeping items, you might say. First, I'll be on the Pilgrim Radio Network next week to discuss the role that journalism can play in reforming the evangelical church. It's a topic that I've written and spoken about a lot lately, and I'm going to be on the Pilgrim Network to do so. Uh, The Pilgrim Network is uh, a network of about 10 stations and more than 30 translators in communities in Wyoming, Montana, Nevada, and California. They also have an online presence. So if you can listen to a Pilgrim station, check it out. If not, uh, it'll be posted online and I'll be sending out links in my daily email. Also, a quick reminder that if you make a donation to Ministry Watch during the month of April, we'll send you as our thank you for your gift, Randy Alcorn's classic book on biblical stewardship called Managing God's Money. As I've said already a couple of times on this podcast and in the emails that I've also been sending out, I think this is a book that every Christian should have in his or her library. Uh, Randy Alcorn is just a really special writer, and I think that this book in particular is one of his best. Just go to ministrywatch.com and hit the Donate tab at the top of the page. Or if you prefer, you can now give via text. Just text at Ministry Watch to 52014. Again, that's at Ministry Watch to 52014. Uh, I've tried it myself. I'm not much of a texting kind of a guy, at least when it comes to giving money away. Um, But I wanted to make sure it worked. It did pretty easy. So if I can do it, anyone can. Do you have anything else? 
Well, I did want to mention that, uh, you know, for the last maybe month or two, I have been saying to uh, all of our listeners, Natasha, that if you've got a story idea or a ministry that needs a closer look, email us, info at ministrywatch.com. And I got to say that... um, you have been, thank you, but we're getting really covered up with emails. Don't despair. Um, we're we are looking at all of them. Some of the stories, in fact, um, for example, the Joshua Media Ministry story this week came from a listener tip, and um, so we're getting to those stories. Don't be concerned if you don't hear from us right away uh, with your emails. I try to at least respond to say we got the email. If the story ends up not coming out for a couple of weeks, so that just means that we're still working on it. Um, but keep them coming. We love it, and it's been really helpful to us. And finally, a reminder that you can help this program by rating us on your podcast app. The more ratings we get, the easier it is for other people to find us. So that's a quick, easy, and free way that you can support Ministry Watch. The producers for today's program are Rich Russell and Jeff McIntosh. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Guttard, Stephen DeBerry, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Sedith. Writers who contributed to today's program include Anne Steich, Catherine Post, Alejandra Molina, and Christina Darnell. Until next time, may God bless you.